Hey, I'm Manny Navarro, I'm a sports writer for The Athletic over the University of Miami. And uh, last week, we, we did a bunch of recruiting conversation with uh, Matt Shodell and Gabby Urrutia. Now I'm going to bring on a guy who uh, I've known for more than two decades here, does a phenomenal job scouting the area, Charles Fishbein of Elite Scouting Services. Charles has been on the show in the past. Charles, thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. So I wanted to bring you on because you are obviously a talent evaluator and, uh, you know, you obviously work with a lot of different schools, kind of kind of helping the evaluation process. And this 2022 cycle um, is I wouldn't say is as loaded as last year. Last year, I think 247 Sports had, I think, 14, uh, rather 24 blue chip recruits and in, in, in between Dade and Broward, guys that are either four and five star this year and Dade and Broward, they've only got um, – 14, so 10 fewer. Um, but I, I, I still think there's obviously some really talented guys. I wanted to kind of get an idea from you of who you think is overrated, who you think is underrated, and, and to sort of put into perspective what's in Miami's backyard because they just had 17 kids from Dayton Broward taken in this last draft, Charles, and only one of them, Gregory Rousseau, played at Miami. So Let's start off with the, with, with the highest-ranked guys, the guys that get the most love here locally, the five- and four-stars, and, and, and get your thoughts on those guys. Miami's a player for some of them. Some of them, you know, really aren't looking at Miami. Let's start with the defensive edge guys. Who do you like the most? Who do you think is overrated? Who do you think is underrated? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about overrated. Um, you know, I definitely think that Jalla Kelly, we d- just talked about him before we got on the show. I, you know, he's probably – best player or one of the best players in the tri-county area um here's a kid that was a three-star i i i truly believe he's a five-star prospect uh, just as far as everything he can do he's got length he can he's got explosiveness off the edge he's that pass rusher that all these schools are looking for and he's not even close to where he's going to be in two or three years from now once he gets a college weight program very talented player. He's just a guy that, you know, it's typical down here, guys that just kind of come out of nowhere and, and and jump on the radar. And he was one of them. You know, Florida State got an early commitment from him. Um, and then once he started to go to camps and, and these uh, camps that, uh, you know, the Under Armors and the, uh, all these other camps, he dominated these camps and was very good. Uh, then you have Shamar Stewart, you know, who was rated, I think, the number one player according to two four seven. I don't want to say he's overrated. He was the number one player in the country. Uh, you know, when you're looking at number one player in the country, you're looking at uh, Jadavian Clowney types, uh, Kandichi types, those guys that are just at another level. I don't know if rivals and two four seven and all these networks need to have a six star. Uh, really for like the, the, these like can't, can't, can't miss guys. But, you know, Stewart's a very talented uh, defensive end. He's still got a long ways to go to be a uh, fully developed player, and he may end up inside. Uh, he's a big kid. He, he, he still has a lot of room to grow. He may get to 290, 300 pounds and be an interior lineman and play inside. 
Well, a couple of other guys out of Broward, which, by the way, Broward had 12 of the 17 guys drafted. So Broward has officially taken over as, as the more dominant county in that 954-305 battle. Um, but Marvin Jones, Jr. from American Heritage, Kenyatta Jackson from Chaminade. Miami's on the outside looking in on both of those guys. But um, what, do you, what do you think of them as talents and comparing to Stewart? And, and, and you know, where do you sort of rank, rank them? I think Marvin Jr. Uh, is a little different in that he's he's similar more to like a Brian Burns type that played at Florida State, uh, long, very twitchy kid, uh, more explosive than either of the two guys we mentioned before, but he's a little lighter. So he may end up more of like an outside linebacker, DN, uh, you know, three, four hybrid type of guy. Um, he's a little more versatile. You can move him around the defense. You could even have him stand up and play. Uh, like an outside linebacker in certain situations. So I, I think he's kind of uh, the unicorn of this group. He's just a totally different type of player. And with the way these teams like to go spread and do so much with these defensive players, he's a unique talent. Um, as far as Kenyatta, um, you know, the kid from Chaminade, he's a very talented kid. I don't know if he's in that same group. Uh, I know he's got all the offers. You know, I think he's a very good football player and is – Upside is is up is right up there, but the kid that actually had was committed early to University of Miami, um, number ninety nine. I think Jermaine Johnson, his name was. Right. Uh, he was the guy that actually, if you turn on the film at Chaminade, was the more of the dominant player. Like Kenyatta still has a lot of room to grow to become that five star kid that you know the networks have him at. Now he has a ton of talent, but he still he has a lot of things to work on as far as technique consistency, you know, dominating at every on every down. There's some guys that just dominate on every down and they're, they're constantly making plays on film. He's one of these guys that has to do it on every play. Now, he's got the talent, and I'm not trying to knock him, but if you're that highly rated, you want that consistency on every down, down in and down out. Uh, Dante Anderson, a kid out of Homestead, is a four-star kid, according to that 247 Sports Composite. Um, and, and, you know, he's a guy who looks like a little bit light. He probably needs to put on more weight. But he's a guy that Miami might be in good standing with. Have you had a chance to evaluate him at all? And what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of – I don't know if you remember the Marcus Robinson kid that came out. I believe that was his name, came out of Homestead. Signed, yes. Signed with uh, Miami. He's kind of similar to that. He doesn't really have a position yet. He's a positionless player um, right now as far as the next level because he's not he's not 6'4", he's not 6'5", he doesn't have the super length. He's kind of a, a hybrid. Is he a linebacker? Is he a DN? He's going to have to find that position at the le next level. He's, if he's going to play with his hand on the ground or closer to uh, the line of scrimmage, he's going to have to put on weight. He's only about 200, 210 pounds. So kind of like Marcus Robinson was kind of like you couldn't find that position. He he's a he's a talented kid, but he's still where is he going to play at that next level? He's he doesn't have that defined position like some of the other guys we mentioned before. Yeah, in all, there's six guys uh, between Dade and Broward at the edge rusher position that are that are ranked four or five star recruits. The last one is Francois Knowlton out of Edison, six four two twenty five. The kid's committed to Florida. Um, what do you think of him as a player? I know Miami doesn't necessarily have a shot, but just curious what you think of him and, and what kind of players the Gators might be getting. I mean, he's kind of like Gregory Rousseau. I mean, I, I remember going to, I think, yeah, Manny had a uh, youth camp 
up in Palm Beach, I think two years ago, two or three years ago. And he worked out with my son. And I was like, man, this kid's even back then you saw the athletic ability, the length, the potential. Like I said, he's very similar to Rousseau. He's real long, tall kid, still has weight to put on, but he has all those traits. He's explosive. He's a very good athlete. He's a guy that in two years from now, could end up one of the best, you know, you could say in two years from now, he may be end up the best guy that comes out of this class. Now he's, he's not as refined as some of those guys in front of him, but he's got a ton of potential. Now uh, it's funny because I, you know, Manny and these guys, I think they're doing a better job in these last couple cycles, keeping a lot of the local talent home, obviously Leonard Taylor, James Williams, they did good jobs with those guys. But as we mentioned, you know, it, these a lot of these kids when Ohio State and and Alabama and, and the elite kids they come calling Miami's they're in a position of weakness still because they haven't won big yet. Um, that said, I still think Miami could do a better job, Charles, of evaluating lower tier guys like three star and two star guys that went out and left the city. Um, you know, guys like Rashad Weaver, right from from Cooper City. A guy who was ranked, I think, the the one thousand five hundred thirty six or whatever I, in his I'll, cycle. Let me tell you about Rashad. What's crazy about Rashad? Rashad came out of Cooper City, and Cooper City's not a high school. It's like crazy. These high schools all come down here, and they all go to the same high schools. They go to St. Thomas. They go to American Heritage. And I remember this coach from Indiana came down. And he's like, "I need a D lineman." I said, "You you won't believe it." But Cooper City has this kid, Rashad Weaver. Uh, he played basketball. He's from Indiana. He just moved down here two years ago from Indiana. The coach never went over there. And I, I remember uh, I talked to a lot of coaches about this kid. I said, this kid's an NFL draft pick one day. Mm-hmm. And and schools, it just if he had played at St. Thomas or Heritage, this kid, the networks would have rated him a high four-star. I mean, I, I remember he was playing tight end and DN. He made a one-handed interception and went all the way for a touchdown. Now, here's a kid that was 6'4", 6'5", 250 pounds, scooping the ball off the ground and taking it back the other way for a touchdown. And I know it's Cooper City, but that that was a kid that was a miss by all three of the big three schools. I I just – he was a guy that – he didn't go to the camps and he was under-evaluated. And he is one of those guys you got – you can't – you can't teach size and speed and athletic ability. And I've always said on the O-line and D-line, I'm taking numbers. You keep taking numbers. And that's that's how you never end up weak on the D-line. You you looked, you know, for a long time, Miami struggled signing D-tackles and, and D-linemen. You got to keep taking them. I mean, you look, Gregory Rousseau was a wide receiver at Monarch High School at pretty much his whole career until he got to Champagnat. I think his senior year, he may have played a little D-end, but he was a wide receiver and, and Manny took him because he saw that size. He saw that athletic ability. So he's done a very good job, but these guys, there's so many of them down here that keep getting um, that slip through the cracks. And at that position, D line, you can't miss. Who is, is there a guy like him right now that maybe is undervalued or sort of underrated, you know, cause everybody talks about those six, when you look at the South Florida or even in Florida in general, are there guys that you look at and you say, man, that guy is vastly underrated for an edge rusher. I, I well, I don't know about edge rusher, but I just went to Dillard high school the other day. And we discussed about this. I, I, I even told Larry Bluestein the other day, this may be the most talented um, D 
Diller team. And, and you remember when I told you about Palmetto three years ago, I'm like, listen, yep. this team could play for a state title. They got – this is Dillard. Dillard is right there, and, and, and I know they're in St. Thomas region, but what this coach over there has going, they have a kid, Christian Murphy, uh, a linebacker. He's about 6'2", 225 pounds. I saw that he's not ranked by the networks. He is on like 247's radar. This kid looked very good in practice the other day, and I think he's one of those kids that if the colleges were allowed to come down this spring, you'd see Charlie Partridge at Pitt offer him. You would see these schools, um, Syracuse and Louisville, and all these schools would offer him. So this, this, that's the one kid on the radar you want to keep an eye on. He has, he has a potential to go to college and end up in the NFL one day. Wow. How big is he? He's 6'2", 225 pounds. And he's starting uh, Will. Middle, he's like a he's a Will linebacker. They move him around, but just what he's he's able to do. I mean, all the talks going to be on Nigella Kelly, but this is a kid I think is going to benefit from playing on, playing on that team this year. I'm glad you transitioned to linebacker because that's sort of an important position for Miami, considering what what everybody what we saw last year. Everybody needs linebackers. It's it's funny. I was talking to a college coach the other day, uh, yesterday actually. Um, and one of the things I said, it's, it's one of the hardest positions I feel now to evaluate, uh, just because there are not traditional linebackers. Those guys that play inside the box, that play down, there's no John, you're not going to turn on film and watch a Jonathan Vilma or a Daryl Sharpton, both guys that played at Coral Gables high school. These guys, that's why I like this Christian Murphy kid. They did Oklahoma drills and they were running ISO and this kid came up right in the hole. He hit the running back in the backfield, went through the two D linemen, made the play in the backfield and dumped the kid on the head. And I'm like, all right, this is a kid. You just don't see that anymore. Guys play uh, either in the slot when you turn on the film, they play off the edge, they play in space. They're, they're almost like a hybrid uh, safety slash corner. They're not really linebackers anymore. And I think that's you see it at my University of Miami's linebacker uh, situation. You see at Florida State, Florida is an as in bad situation. But for three Florida schools that have produced so many linebackers over the last 30 years, all three schools don't really have that. You know, there's not that Ray Lewis, that Marvin Jones, that Derek Brooks. Um, you know, you've had the Michael Barrow types. Those guys don't exist anymore especially at the high school level, they're usually playing with their hand on the ground. That's why like Marvin Jr., Marvin Jr., you know, 15 years ago would have been playing linebacker, kind of like a Matthew Thomas type, you know, so even then. Well, there are some – there are four names I want to throw at you locally or, or at least in-state, and three of them are locals that uh, that Miami, I think, is in a in strong position for to help upgrade. Wesley Bassane from Miami Central. Let's start with him because he's kind of the number one guy, I think, on their board. I know he's yeah. thin, but what do you think of him as a player? Uh, Wesley Bassane, you could argue he may be the number one player in the state of Florida this year. Um, wow. I, he's I, He is so underrated. And in this day and age of guys that you're looking for, the guy that could do everything. I mean, he's a Swiss Army knife. You could put him in the slot. You could put him on a tight end. He can run with everybody. He's got the hips of a defensive back. I've watched him this spring. And if you watch his film, you turn on his film, the kid goes downhill. He runs aggressively after guys. He doesn't run around blocks. And he's physical. He could do all the things that you want. And I don't think there's a better – he may be one of the best linebackers we've had down here in the last 10 years. Wow, he's that good. Yeah. Um, 
and I know Manny and those guys feel good about him. He'll be visiting officially, I guess, uh, on June 18, and, and he's going to that barbecue that, that they're going to have on June 1. Um, but he's a big-time guy for them. I know that. Um, so I, I got some sauce that I could give the you, You're going to bring the sauce and get yourself I, in there? I've got, I've got the sauce, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, two other kids I wanted to ask you about locally, and then and then also the kid out of Orlando, Dr. Phillips, Demario Tolan, who I know they're, they're big on. Travias uh, Lathan out of Miami Gulliver Prep. I don't know if you've had a chance to see him in yeah. person. Um, get your thoughts on him. And then Omar Graham from Stranahan, uh, the outside linebacker who, uh, you know, I guess he's kind of new to this whole thing. He's kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. Well, you know, Omar comes from a school that a lot of times just gets poached. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time Stranahan has a good player by the 10th grade, somebody else in the county won't name names uh, is taking those kids. And, you know, like the coach there, I got to give them credit. He's done a very good job of keeping their best players there. Um, Omar, you know, he was a kid that originally uh, his sophomore year or his going into his junior year, I had kind of rated kind of as like a lower level division one kid, but his, his film last year was very good. Uh, the limited film that he had, he's kind of, I don't want to call him Khalil Mack, but he has a lot, some of that ability that Khalil had come. He's, he's an edge rusher. Another one, he's not a traditional linebacker. I think he's going to be an outsider, a will backer. He's not big enough to play uh, the strong side, but I think he'll be a will backer. He gives you something, another guy that you can blitz off the edge or, and he plays well in space. Uh, he's a little more undersized than I thought he would be. I think he were, he, at one of the camps, he measured in a slightly above six feet tall maybe close to 6-1. You'd want him to be more that 6-2, but um, he does a lot of good things, and and I think he's a very talented player. He's not one of those guys that's going to step in and play year one. Now, he may come on and play on special teams, uh, but he's a guy that you could develop into a very good, probably an all-ACC-type player. Um, the Lathan kid, I, I like him. I don't know. I don't have him as highly rated as uh, the two guys we just mentioned, I mean, Bassant's at another level. I mean, he's a prize recruit. This is a guy everybody in the country is going to want. But Lathan's another guy, you know, it, it comes down to it again. You know, he's one of the better linebackers down here. There's not a lot of them, uh, but he is one of the better ones. And uh, I think he could have a very pro- productive career too. I don't think he's a, a instant starter type, but, you know, two years down the road, he could come in, develop, and end up a starter and fight for like an all-ACC spot as well. One kid that Miami's very, very high on, and, and he's coming to visit, um, well, their hope, I guess, June 25th, he's, he's coming down here. But uh, Demario Tolan out of Orlando, yeah. Dr. Phillips, um, what do you see in his game? Where does he project at the next level? You know, he, he's, he, I, I got a chance to see him at a seven-on-seven. Seven. I know it's not tackle football. But I got a chance to see him about a month ago. I wanted to see him in person. They actually had a DN last year at that school I really liked. I thought was a power five kid and it ended up at uh, Georgia Southern. Be interested in how that kid develops. He may end up in the transfer portal and transferring up in two years once he leads that conference in sacks. But Talone is, is an intriguing prospect. Um, he's a very good athlete. He's he's one of those guys that uh, you turn – you know, he doesn't play – the competition level, you're going to question a little bit in that area because he is at a newer school. I think the school's like three years old, but he's a very good athlete. I mean, anytime you see a guy 
uh, playing corner at these seven on sevens, and he can cover wide receivers. He can move, you know, redirect guys. He's he's fluid in the hips. He's not stiff at all. He's a guy that can, you know, you could put him close to the line of scrimmage. Another one of those guys that could come off the edge, blitz, give you some pressure off the edge. You can play him on a tight end. You could play him on a receiver. Uh, he's not going to embarrass you in, in coverage. He's versatile enough. You can see why Manny likes him because he's one of these guys that you could kind of put anywhere on the defense and he can excel. Uh, he, you know, but the one thing I've always said, when you get outside of Dave Broward, Palm Beach, and I'm not knocking these other areas, those guys take a little longer to develop some of them from these smaller areas. And he's from an area that, you know, you're not playing – Northwestern and you're not playing St. Thomas and you're not playing Heritage you're not those kids are are ready made when they get to college this is a kid while as talented and as highly rated as he he is fans and people need to be patient and I hopefully this kid's patient enough because a lot of times these are the types of kids now that go somewhere and if they don't play right away because of their ranking they're like it right in the transfer portal year one he needs time to develop and become that player that we all feel he could be. All right, I lied to you. There's one more guy, Kobe McLeod out of Tampa, Gaither, who I think is on Miami's radar. He's Ray Ray uh, McLeod's younger brother. Uh, of course, Ray Ray played at Clemson, is not in the NFL. Um, and, and one more, Devin Smith, a kid out of uh, Oakley, the same school that produced Shaq Quarterman. Um, I think Florida State's considered the favorite to get that kid. Um, but still, linebackers that could potentially end up on Miami's radar if, if things fall through with other guys. Yeah, I mean he's he's not Shaq Quarterman, all right. So, Devin Smith I mean, is not. <laughs> nah, he's a good player. I mean Shaq, you know, you're talking a top twenty player. This kid's more of a top one hundred player. I mean, this is building out that recruiting board. He's going to be on the recruiting board, but you know some of the other guys in front of him we just discussed. He's a good player. Um, you know, I don't think he's at that same level as some of those guys, but he's definitely an option. Um, more of a plan B type of guy, but uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think that he's one of those guys that will come to camp, have to earn his way uh, to an offer and, and a guy that they'll probably be a little patient on because there are other guys ahead of him. Yeah. Um, obviously Miami brought in Travaris Robinson and, and, you know, promoted DeMarcus Van Dyke and, and they're trying to get more involved with more elite kids, especially at the cornerback position, they're, they're chasing these kids, Kamari Rogers out of Mississippi, Jaquan Fagans out of Alabama, two top 100 recruits in the, in the next class. And then of course they got Earl Little here in their backyard. Earl doesn't, I get the sense uh, he's probably going to end up going to Alabama or one of those other schools. And then Jacoby Spells is in, I think probably in that next tier. Uh, and he's a guy that I think they have a real good shot at. Travell Mullen, another kid out of Coconut Creek who's a four-star kid. When you look at the cornerbacks and some of the guys Miami's involved with, what what thoughts do you have there? Yeah, I think Jacoby Spells is one of the top corners. I have four guys that are in the top, my top four, and he's in that top group. Jacoby, um, uh, you know, the kid, the kid that's a legacy kid. I, I can't think of his name offhand. The, the Earl Little Junior. Earl Little Junior. Right. Um, the Jaheim Singletary kid and the and the Dalen Ever kid. I think those are my four elite guys. Um, you know, Jacoby reminds me a lot and a lot of Xavier Rhodes was a former wide receiver. Uh, Jimbo projected him as a corner. They moved in a corner. Now Jacoby moved to corner last year. It was a new position for him, but I think he's one of those guys. He's a big physical kid. He could come up, jam you at the line of scrimmage. He has ability to change direction real well. He opens up and runs well. He can, if a guy runs a drag route, he can 
uh, chase him and, and, and trail him and not get behind him. He's got a lot of ability. I really like Jacoby. I think he's a guy that uh, can end up an NFL prospect down the road. You know, he'd be a big-time get for Miami. And and you looked. I mean, Heritage had more players drafted than conferences, I think. I think they had <laughs> six guys, yeah. They, I mean, like, you want to talk about – and I, I remember I, I was like – I think I had this discussion with somebody about that. As many kids as St. Thomas is putting out, Heritage is putting out elite-level kids. I mean, the, that group that they just had come through there, and that doesn't even count – some of the guys they've had before that, the Brian Burns types. I mean, the last five or six years, you could argue Heritage is putting out the best NFL talent as far as future. And they got another group coming through uh, now with Spells and his teammate we were just talking about. This is a very talented group. And you don't – you want – and the one thing is we talked about this with the University of Miami. They got Tyreek Stevenson. That's their first big-time DB they got, all right? If they had just landed one more of those guys that just got drafted out of that, those guys we talked about, Asante Samuel, um, you're talking uh, the kid, uh, whether it was Tyson Campbell, whether it was, uh, you know, the um, Sertain's kid, one more of those kids, all of a sudden you got two elite DBs back there. The other two guys could be me and you, Manny. I mean, honestly, it's just, <laughs> you know, you don't have to, we, we don't need that much help. With those right. guys helping us, you know, I could cover a yard and a half, you know, I mean, I, I could, I could, I'm good for about a yard and a half too. You may be good for about a half a yard. So, I mean, those other two guys, you know, um, it just shows you like Miami's going after and putting their name, they're going after the elephants. They're going after the big game uh, hunting and that, and you got to respect Manny for that because he knows to win not only the ACC, and, and compete for a national title, those are the guys that are going to put Miami over the top. Yeah, it feels like defensively they're, they're, they're going definitely going after some studs, trying to fix that side of the ball after kind of a little bit of slippage here the last couple of years. Um, safety, I mean, look, they've, they've landed the number one safety each of the last two cycles in Avante Williams and, and, and James Williams, so they look set there. But when you look at the safety position statewide, there's some guys that are involved with Markeith Williams, Kamari Wilson out of uh, IMG Academy, uh, I guess there's a Javante McClendon out of uh, Lakeland Lake Gibson. Um, who do you see as sort of the, the best uh, in-state option for them? I mean, the, the Wilson kid, you know, he's originally from um, Fort Pierce, Westwood. He's been on the radar for like three years now. He, he was that kid that started as a ninth grade and has just continued to get better every year. I believe I have him as the number one safety in the state. Um, you know, you have other guys. I, I, I still know that they're recruiting Sam McCall who's committed to Florida state. They, you know, they've reached out to him and, and, and are recruiting him. So there's still the kids still taking calls. And I think he's going to take a visit at some point to Miami. You look at the Marquette Williams. I got a chance to see him as well at this, at one of these camps too. He's a, a he, he's a, I like him a lot. I liked his film a lot. He has some room. He needs to develop physically. He looks, you know, he's really looks like a basketball player. I think he needs to develop a little more. Um, and then you had mentioned one other kid. What's the other kid you had mentioned? Well, the kid out of uh, Lake Gibson. Oh, the, the McClendon. Now, McClendon, if, if, if McClendon has the probably more upside than McCall. Like McCall is like almost like he's an elite kid, and he's but he's almost like fully polished. Where McClendon, you turn on his film, his length, his size, his athletic ability. He's a guy 
that you could play close to the line of scrimmage uh, in run support. He could help you. He could help back in coverage. He could play uh, safety and face the ball, or he could turn, you know, play out on the edge, maybe even play some corner. He's versatile enough to move all over the defense. He's a kid that I think is very underrated and I like a lot. Now, I'm going to switch over to offense, and, and they've already got their quarterback in Ja'Curry Brown. They're not really recruiting a running back this cycle because they've got uh, the Cody Brown kid coming in from Tennessee that, that they signed. Um, but receiver is a position where they're still looking to upgrade, and there's two guys in state in particular, Jaden Gibson out of West Orange and then Quan Lee out of Bu- uh, Buckholtz in Gainesville. Um, both of those guys are, quote-unquote, three-star recruits. They've got visits to Miami lined up next month. Um, have you seen Gibson and Lee at all? And what are your thoughts on each of them? Yeah, I saw both of them last month. You know, Gibson reminds me of uh, Rodney Smith played at Florida State. He's he's a really tall, looks like a basketball player. He's like 6'5". Um, Going to have to develop his body. He'll be a 215-pound kid. He runs better than most. Usually tall guys, they kind of have a long stride. He's not a long strider. He's, he's very smooth running. He's got good hands. He runs good routes. He's going to have to be a developmental guy. He's not a guy that's going to step in day one and be a starter. But you can see the upside. At worst case scenario, he's a number two receiver opposite a number one and a very good one. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, if you're going to take a guy, a flyer on, he's definitely one. Um, the kid from Buholtz is a good player. Um, I think Miami could probably do better. But if he's one of their top options this year, um, it's not a good year in the state for, for receivers. For it, it just it's there's no Jerry Judy's, there's no uh, receivers at Calvin Ridley's. This is a, a year that you have a lot of number twos and threes, uh, but not a number one across the board. You know, you never know. There could be a guy that uh, comes out of nowhere. It happens all the time, but there's not that number one guy that you got to sit. If you want a number one guy, I think you're going to have to go outside the state of Florida this year. It seems like that's the case with a lot of offensive guys, you know, this year in this cycle in, in Florida. Well, running, uh, running back, too, you got a kid at IMG that's pretty good, and there's another kid out of Orlando. But, you know, Dayton Broward, I, I do think the kid that's at Killian at running back could be one of those guys that um, has that senior bump that you've, you've seen with Devontae Freeman when he came out. There's always those – Dade County always finds a way to produce a running back, whether it's uh, even the kid that was at uh, – Columbus that year there's there's I have a feeling one of these guys will uh, bounce up at that position but wide receiver it's just a very odd year there's not an elite um, slot receiver in the state and there's not a a number one uh, you know receiver on outside it's just you you don't see that now two years from now three years from now maybe somebody ends up in the first or second round uh, first round of the draft and, and came out of nowhere and surprises us but right now, that guy doesn't exist. Uh, I wanted to ask you about offensive line just because Miami's kind of stacked this year. They've got uh, uh, Zion Nelson, who Todd McShay from ESPN just said he, he might be the fifth pick, as <laughs> projecting him as the fifth overall pick. I don't know if he's that high up. But certainly there's been first-round chatter with him, so you'd think that would help Miami in terms of impress, impressing guys, like maybe a yeah. Julian Armella or, or, or some of the other ones that, yeah. that they want here out of state. Zion, um, but, Wilson, Zion Wilson needs to listen to Marvin Wilson because these are the same guys that said he'd go in the first round and he didn't get drafted. So I, right. I just they, – these guys need to stop with this. All right. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about Leighton Nelson, a kid out of Orlando Boone that, that is visiting Miami, that is a three-star kid, is kind of, uh, you know, Garen Justice, I know, likes him a lot. 
Uh, and then Daughtry Richardson out of Central, who I know uh, some people are saying he's probably going to end up at Florida State. But those are two local three-star guys. Any thoughts on either one of those guys before we wrap up? I, I love Late Nelson. I think he's an elite-level talent. Um, he's a no-brainer. He, you know, he's just he he goes to school um, that uh, doesn't get a lot of pub, and and I think if he was at one of the bigger private schools, he would be one of the top 10, 15 players in the state this year. Big, long, athletic guy. One of the first clips you see on one of his films, he sprints out and blocks a corner on a screen pass. Now you're talking a six foot seven, two hundred fifty pound guy getting all the way. 30 yards to the edge and blocks a corner and and lays the guy out. To me, that just tells you, you could teach anything else. You could teach technique. You could teach whatever you want, footwork. That kid runs like that, has that size and that ability. Um, I just, you're talking a kid that could eventually end up a first round pick and playing on Sundays. Um, Daughtry is a raw prospect. Um, you know, he's going over to Central. Central's done a great job. I talked about this on another pod. I don't think down here outside of maybe St. Thomas, is there a program that's done a better job at developing high school offense alignment in Miami Central? They've done a very good job. The last few years, uh, they've they've put a, a lot of these guys into college, and I think they deserve a lot of credit. I think Richardson just needs to take his game to that next level. He's got all the physical attributes he just hasn't put it together both mentally and technically. He he's not he's not where you need him to be uh, right now. He's got the size. He can move laterally. He's but you want to see more of him getting on a defender, driving them back, and finishing. You don't see him finish. He he he's just so much bigger and than everybody else that he kind of uh, just gets on them and blocks them, and it's it's a nice block. But you want to see him finish. I want to see more guys where he puts them on their back and finishes the play. And I think once he gets to that level, you're talking a guy that could potentially be an all-conference type lineman. Excellent analysis from you, brother. As always, I appreciate you going down the list with me. And uh, one of these days, I, I just got my second shot. So one of these days, we're going to take you to lunch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting my second shot next week. But, I mean, that ain't bad for not having that list in front of me. No, you're a badass, dude. This is just uh, this is why Charles Fishbine's the best in the business, man, right there. That's all the proof you need. How much do I have to pay you for saying that? <laughs> Nothing, man. It's free. It's free compliments. <laughs> I got to pay you for coming on my show. Uh, I, hey, I'm going to put my wife ears at. You know what's next coming. You're getting a phone call from my agent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I'll let you go, man. You have a good one. Not a problem. Talk to you later. See you, man. 305-954-568. This is the state of Miami. Y'all know y'all come down that way.